0: Bakers, fresh for everyone.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of interviewing special guest Alana Karma today. Alana had a near fatal car accident on October 11, 2017. She was driving in Tampa when she experienced the accident that has transformed her life in many ways. Alana is a performer, an artist, an environmentalist, a friend, a daughter, and loved by everyone in her life. A graduate from the University of South Florida with a BA in fine arts and with a 3.8, 3.8 GPA Alana to take a graduate degree in entrepreneurship and business so that she can someday open an art center to instruct children about the benefits of pursuing a career in the performing arts involving skills like aerial silks, acro yoga, handstands, and flow arts. Alana also specializes in body painting, digital arts, and design. Please join us as we share Alana's story of overcoming adversity associated with her recovery and the opportunities that await her in her bright future. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Alana to the show. Welcome to the show, Alana.
1: Greetings.
0: I was very yourself, nice
1: I, to be a part of this show.
0: You we're we're pleased that you're here to be able to do this show today. I have you actually talk about the performing arts that you have specialized in, because I think it's very interesting to share that first with our audience, give them a little idea of your background. So can you tell us a little about what what you've done in terms of pursuing your performing arts with uh, aerial silks, acro yoga, handstands, uh, flow arts, and, you know, your body painting and digital arts and design? Can you share that with our audience?
1: Absolutely. Let's see, when I was 16, I learned how to face paint. I moved, to, moved to, from New York to North Carolina, and I got a job at this company called Paint Savvy, and I learned face painting. I got an awesome job doing it. <clears throat> and then when I moved to Florida, I continued that with uh, Your Total Entertainment. Sorry. Okay. And yeah, face painting turned into body painting when I was in college, because I had to buy my own painting kit, so I was free to use it how I wished. So I started body painting and realized that using body painting is an expression of art. So I adopted that into my repertoire of art creating. And so that's for face and body painting, how it's made. It's a presence in my life. And then for performing arts, somebody gave me a hula hoop like five or six years ago probably like five years ago at this point. And uh, she said it was her first hoop, so she was passing it along so it could be my first hoop. I had no idea how much that hoop would change my life. Because from there, I started learning hoop. I mastered the hula hoop. And then I moved on with other things, such as fire fans and fire staff fire palm torches, fire hoop.
0: Can you tell me a little about that stuff? Because perhaps there are a few people in our audience that don't know exactly what that, you know, the fire stuff is. And I've seen it. I've seen you perform with it before, but it's a fascinating Mm -hmm. thing. Can you tell us a little about, do you actually spin fire?
1: Yes. Pretty much you have a prop, whether it's a hula hoop or a poi or a staff or fans. And you know you know how to, you learn how to do the, the prop not on fire, you know you you get a good good handle on it not on fire, and then eventually with desire, you can start dipping the wicks into fuel, and then you light them on fire, and you burn, and then when the wicks die out, the end of your burn. But yeah, you can use an assorted number of props of various kinds. And it has definitely impacted my life a lot. I was in a, invited into a fire troop in like 2000 and um, I think it was three years ago, so like 2015. And so that was an awesome experience because I got to learn so much about working with clients and scheduling things and coordinating people to work together, get everybody to get on the same team level. I don't mean, like, skill level. I mean team level, like, awareness level. Okay. And coordinated. And then, yeah, that was a very impactful of my reality. And then this other thing happened in, like, around the same time, actually. It was called Live Art Laboratories. And that place definitely changed my life. It, it changed a lot of people's lives, actually. But for me, that was where the fire troop thing happened, and that was also where I formally started learning aerial silks, which is um, uh, a skill that I specialized in pre-accident.
0: When you when you reference aerial silks, point that a little further to our audience, because they uh, there might be people who don't know exactly what that means.
1: Right. Okay. Well, if you've ever seen Cirque du Soleil then you probably have an idea of circus arts and the aerial silks are basically two swaths, swaths of fabric hanging from the ceiling. <clears throat> and then the artist will climb up the silks, do tricks within the silks, moving in and out and drop, doing drops and stuff, basically doing an artful yoga in the silks. And wow. it's, it's really amazing.
0: How long have you been doing that for?
1: Uh, I started in like 2014. Yeah, about about four years. I to I've been inactive with that for like the past year, though. Well, no, I
0: understand that. We're going to get into that next. But I think knowing you, I feel like you're going to get back into that in the future and you're going to shine with it again. <laughs> um, oh, for so sure. I
1: have no doubt about that. <laughs>
0: I feel very strongly about that. Your body paint. I was looking at some photos you have up on your social media, and it's amazing how you can do that body paint. Um, and just for the purpose of our audience to describe it, can't see it in front of them, there's actually some photographs of you painted full body paint, and you're, you're, you're just incredible looking. Have you been doing that for some time, or how, does, how, does, how long have you been doing that for?
1: Well, I started body painting in 2013 when I started college. And, uh, you know, I I got a hang of that and practiced it a lot. Part of my thesis was actually, I'm my thesis, part of my bachelor's in fine arts. I did a class, basically, like, I could create my own class. And so I wanted to do it on body painting because I don't feel like the school even knew that what it was capable of. So I asked wow. to, it's called a directed study. So I asked to create a directed study on body painting. So I got to do that for a semester. And that was awesome because I got to really focus my body painting and do conceptual work on body painting, apply the skills to conceptual art, which is really a huge blessing.
0: That's amazing. I just, I think all the artistic stuff that you have demonstrated in your, in your short life. So you're 22 right now, or how
1: old are you right now? Yes, I'm 22. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanized with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you
0: humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join
1: us every week here on Electric as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electric
0: Well, thank God, you know, you've been able to express these, uh, artistic abilities, and I think you're going to really empower a lot of people in the future going forward. I, I can tell you that just from just from talking to you, and, and I'm I'm just very impressed with what you've accomplished in such a short amount of time.
1: Thank you. I'm to, pretty uh, impressed myself no as well. <laughs>
0: mm. The reason, and 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 just so our audience understands, you did have this horrible car accident. Last October, it's almost a year. Almost, actually, it's eleven months to the day. Actually, that you went through that horrible experience. Today's the eleventh of September. So, oh
1: wow, yeah, it's been exactly eleven months. Then,
0: you know, almost a year now. Not only is it September eleventh, which is a solemn day for us, but for you personally, it's a eleventh month anniversary of your recovery. And um, I want to go back in time. And just, just for the purpose of exemplifying what you've gone through to show where you're at and how much progress you've made in your life in the last 11 months. Right. Because yeah. there's a lot of people listening that may know somebody that had a very really severe car accident, and they may not have ever had the opportunity from their loved ones or whoever it is to recover. And what I like right. so much about your story is that you are on the road to recovery. And I know that mm-hmm. some days are bumpier than others. but yep. I think the fact that you've made the level of progress that you've made already is significant. And that's why I think it's great to feature you on our show.
1: Um, Going back in time,
0: yeah, thank you, I'm sorry. Going back in time, tell us a little about where you were in terms of your frame of reference. What were you thinking about on October 11, 2017? Where were you at that point in your life? You had just finished your undergrad a year or so before that, is that right?
1: Yeah, I graduated from college in December of 2016.
0: Okay. And you went to the University of South Florida, like I said previously. And yeah. where? what were you doing on the 11th of October of last year before this accident occurred?
1: Well, honestly, I do not remember what happened that day. Okay. But okay. I've been okay. following... I've been, I've, yes, and what I've been told is that I was at my friend Courtney's house and I was just ranting for a couple hours because I had a lot of stuff I needed to get off my chest. And then when I left, her street is called Sunnyside Lane and I was actually going to go visit another friend after that, but I never made it there because the car accident just totally like basically ruined my life in a second. So I was leaving Courtney's house and I was going down Sunnyside Lane and then I was going to turn left onto Del Mabry. And y'all maybe not know, might not know where these are. Whatever. It's not the point. <laughs>
0: well, so I was just turning for the left. Purposes, Del Mabry is a major thoroughfare highway in Tampa um, mm-hmm. that runs north and south. But go ahead.
1: Mm, no problem. I think that does help to explain that. So, yeah, it's like a 50- or 60-mile-an-hour road. And there was a hill on my left side, so I looked left, didn't see anything. Looked right, I guess I didn't see anything, and I was like, all right, I can go. And my car accelerates pretty slowly, so I was turning left. And, um, yeah, when I was going across the road, a 92-year-old man T-boned my driver's side door. And so, when um, yeah, so that was really intense. And uh they had to use the jaws of life to get me out of my vehicle because it was so destroyed. Wow. Yeah. And um it was basically just crushed. so you know,
0: I I was on the other side of town and Tampa's a pretty big city and I heard mm-hmm. about your accident because it was posted in the local news. I didn't know it was you right. as of yet. But right. um when I found out it was you through mutual friends, I was horrified.
1: Yeah, can you tell us? It was really bad.
0: What? Can you tell us from what you were told? I guess because I know you were—you were instantly, obviously. If they had to take the jaws of life to get you out of there, you were already injured.
1: And yeah, I was already in conscious. a coma. Right, I was totally out, and I was in a coma for 18 days, which was—I mean, I'm alive, so it's not bad. But it was scaring my family really, really bad. And when my sister found out, because they were trying to figure out how to find people that knew me, because they didn't know who I was, what my name was, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and somehow they called Courtney. Courtney called my sister. My sister tried calling my mom, who was taking a nap with her phone in a different room. So my mom did not answer for a few hours. When she woke up to all those messages and voicemails from my sister, she was like, Totally blown away with anxiety and just devastation, yada yada. My sister really wanted to fly out the same day because she's amazing, but she couldn't find a flight from Utah to Tampa that day, so she had to wait until the next day. Yes, she was all the way in Utah. Yes, she wanted Is to. Is this your older like sister
0: or younger? She's actually
1: my younger sister. She's 20. And she's working on getting her bachelor's degree right now.
0: That's great. When mm-hmm. you, you so your mom found out because your sister c- contacted her by leaving messages. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And I don't know who told my dad, either my mom or my sister. I don't, I don't know. i my sister. I okay. called my mom. And she didn't answer. And then she was like, all right, I got to call my dad then.
0: And what do you, what were you told happened next?
1: My first responder stayed with me the whole time until the ambulance came to get me. They shut down all of Del May for a few hours because it was such a disastrous mess. And so yeah, I was in a coma like immediately. And then I went into ICU. I had broke my pelvis in six places because of my seatbelt. Thank the universe that I was wearing my seatbelt at all. Because if I had gone through the wow. windshield, like who knows, I might be not even here right now. <clears throat> so wear your seatbelt wear your seatbelt, kids. It makes a difference. Yeah. My seatbelt was actually broken before that for many, many months. At first, I was like, all right, I'm not okay with this no seatbelt thing. But then I just kept getting in my car, and I couldn't buckle it. So I was like, all right, guess it is what it is. And then for a while, I just did not buckle it at all because I no longer cared. And then a police officer pulled me over because he saw that I didn't have my seatbelt on. He was on a motorcycle. I was in my car. So he pulled me over and gave me a ticket for not having my seatbelt on. So by law, I had to go get it fixed. That way, when I came to court, follow-up, whatever, whatever, I brought in my old seatbelt and was like, yeah, I got a fix. And then the ticket was dropped, which was awesome. But, like, thank the universe for the law, because
0: that the law is there for a reason.
1: <laughs> it probably did. That
0: ticket. That ticket might have been a nuisance when you had to deal with it, but think about it. If you hadn't gotten your incident occurred, you may not have been yeah. here right now. So that's a blessing right I mean, now. I'm yes, you so
1: grateful to that police officer. How long before the yeah. accident
0: um, did you have to replace your seatbelt?
1: Uh, a few months probably.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That's I call that synchronicity when things just line up to lead you on a certain path that you're on or guiding you. I, that's amazing.
1: I completely agree. The universe truly has a plan you don't you don't know why they don't understand it while it's happening then after you can be like ah in terms
0: of your situation so you were in a coma for 18 days yeah do you recall anything during that time i know you probably don't but sometimes people recall they might feel like they had some type of a spiritual experience or there might have been something that their family members bring up about them during this type of ordeal? Is there anything like that? I I know we spoke before this and you mentioned something about dreams in your family with you. Um, Can you share that with our audience?
1: Okay. So I don't remember this exactly, actually at all, but I had a bunch of people telling me that I came to them in their dreams in a white gown. I don't remember that. But it was a lot, it was a significant number of people Like between five and ten. And what
0: what did they tell you about those dreams?
1: I guess that I was just telling them that I'm okay and that I'm going to revive myself, that they don't have to worry.
0: Interesting that there's that many number of people that came to you while you were in your coma relating to you that they had this similar shared experience of this dream where you were dressed in a white dress. And telling them not to worry about you—that's that's pretty interesting to me. Um, yeah,
1: I think so too. I wish I remembered. Was it your fam-
0: Yeah, was it your family, your family members as well that that told you that, or strictly friends, or a mixture?
1: Um, most mostly friends. I'm not sure if my mom had that dream or not. I know for a fact that my sister did not because she was salty that I did not visit her in her Okay. And I don't think my dad had that dream either because he's not very into himself. When you
0: were in your coma for 18 days, you were also hospitalized in intensive care ICU for how long? Following your I mean, ICU. I was
1: in ICU for five weeks.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Describe mm-hmm. if you
0: can, a little about your injuries. I know you mentioned that you were on, you know, in a coma for 18 days. What other type of um, circumstances, like what kind of injuries were you de- dealing with?
1: Well I also had broken multiple ribs. I don't know how many, but I broke a few. And my the right side th- the right lung of my chest collapsed. And I also hmm. strained the ligaments in my neck, so I was in a neck brace for twelve weeks. Which is a lot. You and had ligaments. brain swelling, right? Oh yeah, my yeah, that's a really big deal. Okay. So my brain was super swollen. And at first, they were like, well, we we don't know until we put a bolt in her head to measure the pressure, blah, blah, blah. So they put a bolt in my head when I was in a coma. And it stayed in there for a few weeks. And they kept saying that her brain activity is too much. We're going to have to medically induce coma on her. So they medically induced me into a coma to, like, decrease the amount of brain waves that were going on when I was in my coma and um within the, within like 5 hours they were like yeah this is not working we got we got to give her head surgery or she's not going to make it so they proceeded to give me a craniotomy which for those who don't know a craniotomy is when they cut open your head and take out your skull bones so that your brain can swell and not press up against your skull because when that happens it can cause more damage and the it decreases the amount of oxygen that's going to your brain. And if you don't have any oxygen to your brain, then you just don't have a brain.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's the other
1: thing is uh, I was anoxic for 20 minutes, which means that you have no oxygen flowing to your brain. But I was taking one breath every minute. And I guess that worked for the 20 minutes that I'm I'm still here, so that's cool.
0: That's amazing that you survived this kind of situation. Agreed. And let me ask you this. I don't want to What's focus up? so much on the negative aspect of this. I know you went through this. I yeah. know. I can't even imagine what it was like coming to out of your coma for the first time. Do you recall that?
1: I mean, I do. I mean, I was awake after the days. My mom and my aunt did a, um, like, a soul retrieval. Pretty interesting. Okay, so my mom went to the scene of my accident, and um, her and my aunt were doing, like, ritual summonings, telling me to go back to my body, because apparently I was lost in the ether. <clears throat> and then, yeah, my soul came back to my body, because I wanted to connect with it, not make everyone worried and stuff. And so I was awoke, awoke, awoke from my coma, and I did not start making memories until November 25th, so all of, like, um, October 11... Actually, there's a two days before the accident, I don't remember, and then two days before that were kind of, like, spotty memory. So from about October 9th to October, I'm sorry, to November 25th, I do not remember. And my birthday is on November 28th, so I do remember that, which was Really, really, I'm really grateful for that. Wow. Because if I had not remembered my 22nd birthday, that would be some crap.
0: What was it like for you when you first realized you came out of your coma at that point? Who was the first person you remember talking to?
1: My sister, because I woke up from my memory fog in an ambulance being transported from St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa to an LTAC in Sarasota. That's LTAC, for those of you that don't know, stands for Long-Term Acute Care Facility, LTAC. So I was transferred to one in Sarasota, which is the city my mom lives in, well, lived, lived in an hour south of Tampa, and I was there for five weeks. I was in the hospital from... October 11th until like November 25th. And then I was transferred to the LTAC and I was there for five weeks. Wow. And I, yeah, I left the LTAC when it was time to get my skull bones back in my head, which is called a a cranioplasty. They put your skull back in and make your head round again. Because my head was very abnormally shaped for a bit there. Wow. Yeah.
0: So for a while, you Mm -hmm. actually didn't have your skull in place.
1: Right. I didn't have my skull in my head for, like, three months. From October until January 2nd. Could I feel it, like, not having skull bones?
0: Yeah, like, did you feel... I mean, obviously you probably didn't. They probably restricted you so you wouldn't be... Impacted by that. When, you, when you're when you going through this initial stage of recovery, I guess what I mm-hmm. should have asked you is, what was going through your mind at that earliest stage? How did you feel? What were you thinking?
1: Well, initially, anything- I was just blown away because I was just in awe that that could even happen to me. I was confused, kind of upset, angry, disturbed by it distraught, conflicted. I just felt like this big pot of negative emotions. I felt like I jumped into it. It was not, not the place I wanted to be.
0: And then over time, I'm assuming that the doctors, when they first met with you and your family, they were saying that you would likely have a certain level, I guess, of recovery. What were they first telling your family about what your what your, your odds were to live a normal life after this experience?
1: Well, my brain was seventy percent damaged, mostly in the upper frontal lobe on the right side, <clears throat> and um, they estimated that I would get back to normal, but not like fully normal. Like that, I would be kind of off from how I was before. It might not even they, were, they weren't sure if I was even going to remember who my family was. Wow. Yeah. And speaking of the brain injury being on the right side of my brain, the right side of the brain affects the left side of your body, controls it, and the left side of your brain controls the right side of your body. So although I was hit on my left, there's a thing called contrecoup, which is a French term, but basically it means that you're... Um, on the left side threw my brain in my skull to the right side and that's how the damage occurred because it was like slammed into it. Mm. And if uh, my brain injury had been on the left side I would not have my art anymore. So I am truly 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 blessed that the brain injury was on the right side because without my art I don't know what I would what I would do who I'd be I, I would be empty. That's your
0: that's your passion.
1: Yes, art is and my passion. That's your skill. So if I had lost that, I would have been so devastated. Have you learned through this
0: difficult road of recovery the last eleven months that you feel would be beneficial to share with our audience?
1: All right. Well, I have learned a decent amount. Probably not the full amount that I will learn. But first of all, appreciate your life and how far you've come and your skills as they are, or your, your place in life, your evolution, your mental state. That's all very important stuff, and I guess I didn't fully um, appreciate those things before this happened. But now looking back on it, I can definitely see how it was important to be in a good state of mind because knowing that I just left my friend's house, like, totally loading off all this negative energy and stuff, and then walked away, drove away with my car, and have it, that happen. It was kind of like the situation to summon the negativity in the, like, physical form. So, your words are powerful. The energy that you put out there is energy that you're going to get. And I think it's pretty, um, Interesting that I go by a lot of karma. Definitely impacted my community in a very, very, in a lot of ways uh, at a high caliber. So when this happened, my whole community and everybody that I know in Tampa geared up and were fighting for me, praying for me, and wishing me the best healing and positive luck and positive energy so that I could have recovery as as positive as I have. And in fact, um, my fire troop at the time, the one that I mentioned earlier, decided to host an, a fundraiser event for me at the Movement Sanctuary, which is a really highly skilled artistic training center in St. Petersburg. <clears throat> so they gathered my fire troop, some belly dancers, a burlesque dancer, some DJs. I think I think that's it. Forgive me if I'm forgetting anything in that list. Anyway, so they threw me a fundraiser, which was in February. February. 15th, I went to that. To be exact. Yes, you yeah, did, I and I did that. as well.
0: <laughs> you did phenomenal there <laughs> this is the first time I yeah, got to see you after I,
1: your yeah I could not yeah, I could not believe that I got to go because it was in February, and I got out of the hospital at the end of January. I was wow. in the hospital from October to January, and then I got out like on january twenty seventh or something, and then I went into a rehab center in Jacksonville, Florida, like four and a half hours away from where I was. And I was in that rehab center until four twenty. So April twentieth. That was my graduation date from Jacksonville. It was called Brooks what, Rehab.
0: Dude, what did they do in the rehab for you? Like what kind of stuff did you have to the rehabilitate? I mean, like what kind of stuff did they they right. work on your motor your walking again or was it I mean you were pretty mobile at your fundraiser in February and I was I think everyone was blown away yeah. that you were able to yeah, do that, the I think you did the hula hoop. And for yeah, everybody. Did, and we were blown away by that. I thought that that was such an incredible performance that you were able to give that short in time after your horrible accident. So, I mean, it it's a yeah. miracle. You know, you you demonstrated resiliency there.
1: For sure. I'm I'm really proud of myself for doing that because now nowadays I don't think I could go into a big room full of people and spin my hoop like I like I was still still skilled at it because I would honestly just be embarrassed and are super critical of myself. Look at it this. Yeah, way now. So I'm
0: just going to tell
1: you this. You, you have nothing Looking to be embarrassed
0: ahead. about everything that you've accomplished since this incident. It just shows such a a spirit and such a depth that I don't think an average person could show the same. Uh, the fact that you right. are taking the circumstances that you were given that dealt with in an accident and reshaping your entire focus of life and the resiliency right. of that in the human spirit, is, I think, speaks tremendously for your accomplishments and achievements and skill sets and everything else. So for sure. I, I would just <laughs> say you're, you're, you're inspiring people just being here and rebounding back. I don't know many people mm-hmm. that can go through that and be where you are right now. And right. be able to, to, you're a living example of the resiliency of the human spirit. And that's huge
1: in, sure. our, in our modern day. That brings me to another point of what I've learned. <clears throat> okay, sure. so I've been reading this book called Ascension Magic with a K. And this book, I was reading it and the first part of it is like, what is ascension? And then it goes through a bunch of like ways you could define it. One of them is called personal initiation, and basically, what that means is that your rise to ascension has to do with your personal challenges that force you to grow and expand your soul and your consciousness beyond what it was capable of before. And I feel like this accident initiation for me to evolve not only myself but the people around me.
0: Absolutely. And is that the book that's written by Christopher Penzak? Let me, let me look. I'm just curious for all of you. I have it, I have it right mentioned.
1: here. Yes, it is Christopher Penzak.
0: Okay. And it's Ascension Magic, like you said, M-A-G-I-C-K, if anyone's interested in checking that out online. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. let, me, let me ask you this. You've, What's
1: that?
0: You've done so much in such a short life. And I think you're meant for big things. That's why you're brought back here.
1: Right, I, wanna I think ask so you, too.
0: I want to ask you. You're currently living in North Carolina, is that right?
1: Yes, I was living in Sarasota because obviously this happened in Florida. So basically, I was living my life in Tampa, La Tita. You know, like everything was great. It was actually like the the peak point of my life at that time. Like, I had just performed at Earth Dance a few weeks before that. <clears throat> and that was amazing. Opportunity to perform my favorite activity with my favorite people in my, um, like, fully decked out in face paint and awesome costume and stuff. Well, costumes, because it was two performances. So that was, like, the pinnacle of my silk performance life. And I also got to do a big, um, my fire troop made this, uh, like, theater story out of, like, fire props. It's like, fire acts. That created this, uh, this one story. And we got to perform that, which was also an amazing blessing of experience that i to have been a part of. So it was the pinnacle of my fire spinning career, of my aerial silk performance career. So I was just living it up. I was so happy. And then everything crashed down around me and just, yeah, blackness everywhere. And so, yeah, I'm trying to find my way out of that. Actually, my mom gave me the nickname, well, dubbed me the Phoenix, because I just totally burned down everything that I was, just tizzling away in the ashes. And now I'm on the rise back up, going to fly high, touch the sky, say hi to the sun, yeah. So I am working on that. So I am very blessed to be here and I'm blessed that my mother um, symbol to hold on to you and be inspired by to move forward.
0: I mean, the Phoenix is such a, a great, a, you know, a, a, a signal, you know, a, a good, a great representation of the rebounding of your human spirit. So as a, as an animal as a great representation of that i want to ask for our audience's benefit earth dance if you could explain that a little further what that is since you've mentioned it
1: okay yes okay so earth dance is a festival that happens in florida every year in september and uh, basically the djs come together and there's a uh, fire performances aerial performances And it's basically like this big celebration of the Earth coming together and humanity advancing and evolving. And apparently it's done um, everywhere else in the world at the same time. So it's like this synchronistic celebration of life. It's like all positive energy outflowing from all those locations that harmonize into one powerful release of energy.
0: Pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. let me ask you this going forward you are currently attending your graduate degree where
1: okay so since i moved back to north carolina i applied at this university called western carolina university maybe like three months ago not because i knew i was going back to north carolina but because they offer an online entrepreneurship master's degree program. And I figured that it probably be better to do it online than in person since I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going. Because at that point in time, we weren't sure if we were moving back to North Carolina or if we were going to move somewhere else. But my mom really likes the area that we're in now, so she wanted to come back here. And she was very traumatized by Florida for a lot of reasons, one of them, one of the main ones being my accident. And the fact that I was a 92-year-old man really gave her PTSD about being in Sarasota and driving everywhere, because Sarasota is actually the number one place recommended in the country to retire to. So as you can imagine, the elderly population is very high in numbers there. So it super stressed her out every time she got in the car to go anywhere. The driving would just infuriate her. So anyway, we ended up going back to North Carolina, which is great because I do have a few friends up here from, school, from when I was in high school up here. But I mean, being in school, having a job, having activities that you could do with a group of people mm. definitely impact your social life. because a lot of the time, I'm just in my house, to nowhere to go. I can't drive. Basically, one of the results of this accident is in March, I had a seizure because I'm now epileptic, and uh, wow. the seizure was really intense. I was asleep when it happened, so I don't really know what triggered it or why, and I got weaned off of my uh, my Keppra, which is anti-seizure medication, what you have to eat that you're given in the hospital. So I finished that up in January. February, I was all good. And then in March, March 24th, actually, the seizure sequence struck me. So I had to go to the ER to get checked up and made sure that was okay, get blood work done, blah, blah, blah. And then a few weeks later, I went to go see a neurologist that specializes in seizures. And epilepsy and basically he uh, said that I am going to be diagnosed with epilepsy now because there was such a long gap between when my accident actually happened and this really grand mal seizure that my brain already done enough healing that apparently it glitching out and having a seizure is going to be a normal thing for me now so basically when you can't you can't In Florida and in North Carolina, if you have a seizure, you are legally not allowed to drive a vehicle for six months because if you're driving and you have a seizure, you're going to either kill somebody or kill yourself. I don't know, whichever happens first, I guess. So anyway, my, my, my end date for that was going to be September 24th, and then August 21st, I had a seizure again. And I'm on medication, so I don't know why it felt the need to just pop up randomly before I had my six months. But, I mean, the 6 months rule, it kind of confused me for a bit. But now I feel like I see why. Because you can go five months or just about totally seizure-free, and then the last month it'll just happen. And then you've got to start all over again. So anyway, my new end of... No driving date is February 21st, so I've got to wait a really long time. When it happened in March, I was like, I can't believe I have to wait six months. And then when I was in Florida, I was super upset about it because all my friends were in Tampa. I was in Sarasota. I couldn't do any aerial training in St. Petersburg. I couldn't do anything. So I was just really upset, sad, depressed.
0: I can imagine. You You probably yeah. feel like everything that you cherish, being independent, being able to get around, doing things what you want on your own schedule, all that now is in a state of flux because you don't know when you're going to be able to drive again. Yep. And on top of everything else that you're dealing with, I can see where that could be frustrating.
1: So frustrating. Not being able to drive is teaching me the lesson of patience because I have to be patient. And just deal with it and accept acceptance and patience because that's the only way I can really be okay with not driving. I just have to accept it and be patient for my brain to not freak out again glitch. That'd be great. <clears throat> so I'm praying, hoping, and manifesting that I will be seizure-free until February 21st. And then I can drive. Get my license really to reinstate and drive again.
0: Tell you that in terms of the phoenix, the the image of what I would think and just looking up what a what a phoenix symbolizes, it's a symbol of rebirth from the ashes of the past. And it represents victory yep. of life over death. If you think about that in terms of your personal experience and what you've described on our show today, I see that as the most fitting spirit animal for you or the most fitting example of your resiliency. Agreed. I want to ask you, I want to ask you something you've dealt with so much. Tell us a little Mm -hmm. about a a future opportunity that you might be able to, it depends on your comfort level of sharing um, about some future filming opportunity you might get involved with down the road. Can you share a little about that with us?
1: So many years ago I was contacted by skin wars, about being a part of their body paint competition show. And for a while, we were emailing back and forth. And She was like, we'll get back to you soon. We'll get back to you soon. We just don't know what the dates are going to be. Still don't know the dates, blah, blah, blah. And then I just didn't hear from her anymore. So I just thought I was like a lost cause. And then I just let it go. <clears throat> and anyway, a few weeks ago on Wednesday, My friend took me to a meditation called Sahaja Yoga Meditation. And that was the the night that I was able to really let go of all my anger and resentment and forgive the guy that hit me for ruining my life. To have you put your right hand on your chest where your heart is and you have to ask yourself, who am I? And when I asked myself that, I immediately just started going off on a list of, like, labels about who I am, what I do, like, artists, aerialists, tattoo artists, blah, 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 fire spinner. And then I once I got to that, I was like, okay, none of those really apply anymore, so who am I? Past all that stuff. Past the Alana Karma persona. Who am I to down inside? And then I was like, wow. Because I realized that I was actually pretty angry and resentful and bitter and salty and sour. I was like, that's not who I want to be. So then once I processed that, I was able to tell myself what I would like to see when I go inside to see what I am. Mm. So I changed those things to positive aspects. You know, my name was Joanna Karma and I feel like I went into myself and I felt like that karma was gone. Not the actual karma because the karma that saved my life is definitely the karma that I created. But like my ability to manifest that karma was gone. And so I was very upset about that and I was so focused on the fact that I need to Be positive and be a good person, and you put out what you you put you are what you put out there. So, I made a mindset change that I was going to put out there more energy toward positive things and good karma. And then you have to put your hand, your right hand, on your left side below your rib cage, above your hip. And tell yourself, "I am my own master. I am my own guru." Blah blah blah. You know, you are in control of your life. And at first, I was like, I couldn't validate it to myself because I don't feel in control of my life. I feel like everything that happened was not something that I wanted. It was nothing that I summoned. And then I realized that. You, you can be your own guru if you train, change your thought process or your attitude towards the situation. Then you are in control of your life. No, I may not have been in control of what habits. No, I might not have been in control of the results or how it negatively affected me. But I am very much in control of my reality, just as I've always been in control of my feelings about that. Reality in control of my feelings about the situation, in control of my life, the way I feel about my life—not the life itself, but the way I feel about it. And then I was able to tell myself that I have my own guru and that um, So that was nice. And then you're supposed to put your hand on your forehead and for, fill yourself up with forgiveness, forgive yourself forgive everyone around you, let it go, release it, let it go into the ether. And when I got to that part, I just couldn't help but thinking about the guy that hit me because I'm just, you know, I was just so bitter and angry and devastated and hurt. And so I didn't really believe it or I was not able to tell myself that. Until I imagined it from his perspective, he was probably just driving along, whatever, whatever, and then phew, he hits this car, and then, you know that car was me, and um, you know it was an accident. He was 92,
0: you said, right?
1: Yes, you indicated he was 92, he was 92
0: years old.
1: Yeah, so, so. It was probably his reflexes are just not great. So probably, why was it? It was literally an accident. So he accidentally created this accident situation. So then, when I realized that he really didn't do it, I was able to forgive him, just let go.
0: How long ago was that that you went through the process
1: of forgiving? Two two weeks ago.
0: Two weeks ago. Wow,
1: this is a new development Um, for you. Yes. And actually, the day after that. Yeah, the day after that. Literally the day after that, I get this random phone call from this person in my phone that is labeled Jill, (parentheses skin wars. So of course I answer it because I'm just like, what does she want to talk to me for? So I answered it and I was like, hello, how are you? And she's like, hi, how have things been up there, down there? She's in like Los Angeles, so she's like, how have things been for you? And I was like, well not great and then I gave her a little quick summary of how my life fell apart and then she's like well you know it's really great to hear that you're so positive about it all because it just sounds like a really devastating mess and I was like well that's a new development as well because yesterday was the first day that I was able to let it go and feel forgiveness to him and she's like, wow, my timing is right on point then, huh? And I was like, yep. <laughs> I changed my attitude toward the situation and manifested this awesome situation. And oh. she said, Skin Wars is not going to come back and run some more. <clears throat> so they're creating a new show with a new concept called Brush Battles. And I was very interested and she basically explained that it's the same concept as Skin Wars with a different name and new series. And then she proceeded to invite me to participate in the first season of this series. Wow. Which, of course, I uh, I was willing to do that.
0: Of course. When when does that start?
1: Uh, I don't know. Dates have been figured out yet. She did send me a contract, though, to send back to her
0: congratulations
1: that's such a great
0: opportunity from what you've been through and i feel like the universe is rewarding you at this stage of your life now because that could lead to such tremendous things in the future for you
1: it really could yeah i think so too and honestly i'm really happy about it because i will be able to share my story with more people than I am with this podcast or any other podcast that I've participated in.
0: Oh, my apologies. I was going to say just the fact that you have that opportunity going forward, would that be out in LA that you would participate in it or where would they have you go?
1: Uh, they would have me go out to Los Angeles and I would stay in the house with all the other people.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. such a great way to end the beat of our show, the the, the mood. Um, I mean, I, having you on has been such a tremendous um, gift for me to invite you on. I feel honored to have you on here. and I feel honored that you, you asked be- me to be on here. I, I was going to tell you, if, if you could believe that we almost went through an hour, how fast that goes. And literally, well, you know, having the ability of having you on our show and giving you the opportunity of sharing your personal experiences, I, I just – and then now you have this opportunity to possibly go on a reality TV show about something that you're passionate about and mm-hmm. that you represent in your life. I almost feel like for right. your character on that show, for your, you should put the Phoenix incorporated into your name somehow if you can. Agreed. <laughs> because yeah, the, resiliency, agree the resiliency of what you're describing in just a short 11 months, that to right. me... I feel like it it could take people five, 10 years or longer. They may never get beyond a situation that's a life-altering event. That you managed to forgive the person that collided with you, the 92-year-old driver, um, speaks accolades for your your growth uh, on a personal level. And I, I just, I think your story truly is inspiring to other people.
1: Yeah, I truly hope that whoever listens to this is inspired and makes it a point to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Kind of like how the phoenix sheds all its layers to become this basically pure fire energy spirit in the form of a bird. I wish you all the ability to shed whatever layers do not serve you anymore to become.
0: Alana, I think that's the best um, well said Conclusion, concluding remarks, I want to deeply thank you for coming on to our show. And I am excited to hear about your opportunity with Brush Battles. Uh, You need to keep us posted. And I would love to have you back on the show in the future, depending on where you're headed. But I would love to have you back on in the future to discuss your future progress of where you'll be down the road.
1: I would be honored.
0: Absolutely. And I look forward to tuning in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so thank you for coming on Yep. before I disconnect is there any way uh, if our audience wants to connect with you directly where would they go to look for you
1: okay so basically Alana Karma is my alias name on everything so on Facebook you can look up Alana Karma and my my artist page will come up and then uh, I think somehow you can find my actual self on there and then if you are on Instagram, you want to find that's where my name started. So of course that's Alana Carba and my website and on my Instagram, I'd have to check. What is called TranscendentCreations.com? So you can go there, and that's basically the best portfolio of my of my my skills and art that I have. So you can see my digital art, my drawings, my tattoo art, my paintings, and um. You'll probably find me on LinkedIn, too. It's Alana Karma as well. And um, I I think that's all I engage in social media-wise. I, I highly recommend checking out my website, though, because, like I mentioned, it's pretty much the biggest assortment of my art skills that I have. So I'd recommend checking that out.
0: I want to ask you also, do you have a GoFundMe page? Is that still active?
1: Yeah. I'm not sure honestly. I'm not sure honestly what it is. I I know you can get to it from my profiles, but I don't know what it's called.
0: I have it in front of me. It's www.gofundme.com forward slash number two, D is in David, S is in Sam, Z is in Zebra, X is in X-ray, 99, C is in Charlie. And, uh, It looks like you've raised approximately $19,087 of your $20,000 goal so far. And it was created by your sister. Yeah, it was Serena. So if anyone is interested in checking out your GoFundMe page, I highly recommend that they check it out, as well as checking out your social media and your website and your portfolio. And as I said, please keep us in mind. Keep me posted about your progress. And I'd be extremely interested to find out about your future with the brush battles. And um, I look forward to hearing more about your success and your conti- continued progress in the future, because it sounds like you're going far. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear more about it and share it with our audience.
1: Right. I really appreciate that, all of that. Thanks, all of those things. No problem. And I appreciate I'm you gonna, for having me on the show.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to tell you that my prayers are with you for continued recovery and continued recuperation and getting back everything that you're working towards, I know you're going to overcome all this. And I know you're going to be a living example to anyone who's ever interested in wanting to know what it's like to come back from a life-altering event, like the one that you went through on October 11th of 2017. You're going to show everybody and show them up exactly how you are, just like you impressed us at your fundraiser last February when you showed up and did your performance there, which blew us away. And I'm just so excited to have continued updates from you. So thank you for coming on.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: Okay. Have a good night, Alana. Okay. You too. I just want to share with our audience what a pleasure it is to have someone featured like Alana Karma on our show. Her personal story shows what someone with a lot of determination and a lot of drive overcoming adversity to rebuild your life after such a tragic event, like a car accident that no one can expect, which can happen to anybody without any future notice. Her artistic ability, her talent. I feel like the universe is recognizing that at this point, a year ago now, or a year ago in October, she had this horrible accident. She was hospitalized for several months. Her road to recovery has just been amazing, showing what she's accomplished. And now possibly being featured, well, not possibly, I'll say in the future, she will be featured on a reality show called Brush Battles. And the fact that she's learned to forgive and move beyond the experience of things, that to me reflects a depth of character that very few of us can aspire to. And I just want to thank Alana for sharing her personal story with us and being able to have the courage to come on here and discuss these experiences. As I have previously said in the past, this show has been a pleasure for me. I enjoy being able to offer episodes like tonight's episode, special episode to everybody. And for me, it's very important and critical to present stories where people overcome the odds to make something of themselves and to grow and to, to strive. And that's what I think Alana's story represents for each of us. As a phoenix as she is, she truly is that living example of such. Each of you, I thank you for tuning into our show. You are more than welcome to check out our website, www.esocialpsychicradio.com. If you have any questions about this show or anything, feel free to contact me via email at info at the social, the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Thank you.
1: And know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win, earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state, fuel restrictions apply.
0: Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh
1: for everyone. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time i speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities so come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women today is working for me do you believe that for yourself you can.